Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Here we are on a Tuesday. FST. Come at you on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blute and Jay Martinez. Back in the saddle. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, happy New Year to you as well. On January 8th. <laughs> yeah, uh, we chatted on Friday, but yeah, we, yeah, we got all month together. Breaking down some NFL playoff games. How do we do on our picks? I feel. I think I went 4-0. Did you? I went 3-1. I think I went 4-0. I went 3-1. Thank the, you, the Seattle. The Bears were my only loss, yeah. Thank you, Seattle, for the two-pointer. At the end of that game, so uh, yeah, that's right. You had the Bears. Well, Bears my loss. Out. Yeah, Raiders are pumped. They got they got a better pick out of that deal. Yeah. The Bears about out of the playoffs. So uh, be on like twenty three and twenty four, whatever their picks are. Yeah, the I mean, look, we're not going to break down the games over the weekend because they've been done ad nauseum all day yesterday. But I will say it's embarrassing that an entire press corps goes and eviscerates a kicker without looking at the videotape to make sure that it wasn't tipped. And NBC screwed up, and every reporter screwed up, and I didn't even know about it until about 90 minutes after the game. I'm watching coverage, and Fletcher Cox is like, hey, Trayvon Hester got a hand on that, so good job by him. And you still want to blame the kicker because you're miserable. Go ahead. But I'm just telling you, it's not the worst kick ever. The guy got good wood on it, and it got tipped, and that's why he missed it. Do you think Fletcher Cox and the other Eagles would have been so quick to say that if Cody Parkey wasn't a former teammate? Yeah, no, I, I think no, I know what you're saying, I, and like looking to protect him and all that. But they kind no, of rallied I, to his defense a little bit. Yeah, but they were right. He sure. the kick was tipped. <laughs> Trayvon Hester tipped the kick. They did, but it's not like guys like Fletcher Cox and the Eagles like job or responsibility to kind of, you know, provide that guy cover. That should be what Bears were saying, not what Eagles were saying. And they did too. Khalil Mack defended him pretty vigorously, I, I thought. I, I I think everybody's stunned that the kick was, it was missed in the oddest fashion ever. It was. It, it was. hit both the upright and the It's like Law and Order, bar. the doink doink from Law and Order. I watched <laughs> 256, now 260 NFL games this year. This Has that happened one time? No, but Parkey has hit six uprights. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. But he, he, even he himself, did not hit the upright and the crossbar. I doubt that's happened in an NFL game this year. So it is a very rare way to miss it. Uh, I just thought it was really – look. he looks even better because he took it everything on the chin, and it's right. not entirely his fault. You want to say the kick was too low because you're some sort of kicking guru? Be my guest out there in the audience. But you're not. So I'll just say that – you know, Eagles got a little bit of push there through the line. 43 yarders on grass in cold weather aren't automatic, and it is what it is. I'd like to see a percentage at the rate at which those kicks are hit. 43% on grass. What do you think that is? 
Uh, in January in Chicago, might be even a little bit less. Um, yeah. I would say about 80. But, you know, to your point, ball was tipped. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all I'll say about that. So, um, uh, I think the lead story, obviously, today is Lil Wayne's outfit last night <laughs> at the halftime show of the college football playoff championship. I thought the best line I saw on Twitter is that uh, he looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those darn uh, kids. <laughs> uh, another guy says here, Wheezy looks like a dragon wrangler about to sell you some magic legumes underneath a bridge. Uh, what about the Hamburglar? From the old uh, Ronald McDonald's. That's the Hamburglar hat for sure. <laughs> you know, and the glasses, right? There, I mean. there is a moment from E.T., the movie E.T., where E.T. comes dressed out, dressed up in, <laughs> in a dress and a hat, and people are comparing him to that scene uh, in E.T. when Drew Barrymore's character uh, dresses E.T. Right, up as like, up it's like the little old lady, yeah. Um, so, and like I said to Wayne, like uh, some people are comparing him to Johnny Depp's character from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's not a bad one. <laughs> But uh, like I said, Wayne uh, to Dane. Sorry, I was like, "What are you? What are you talking to, Lil Wayne, bro?" No, no, no. <laughs> um, and one last joke I'll, I'll give you here, uh, Lil Wayne. What should I wear to this college football thing? Stylist. What if you were both Mary J. Blige and Elton John? So <laughs> I'll say, there's Lil Wayne's outfit is proof uh, of two things. One, there's a lot of powerful drugs out there. Good word, right? And he's been on him for the last 30, 20 years. Right. But yeah. <laughs> he's got tattoos on his face. That's what he wears. Proof. Also, as I said to Dane right before air, it's proof that you got a lot of yes men in your camp when you're going out on stage in that. Sure, that looks it. great. Yeah. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I like the camouflage, blue, black, and white camouflage coat, the Hamburglar's hat, the bejeweled. Uh, stuff. Uh, I like your dreads that are orange. There's a scarf situation going on there. And then he took the jacket off. He had some smiley face t-shirt on with like latex red pants and these boots which are just, I mean, I, I don't even know what you call them. they like uh, like uh, thigh-high culottes sort of. Uh, no, oh, you do know what to call them apparently. <laughs> no, no, culottes are the, are the pant. The, uh, okay. the They're like uh, thigh-high Ugg boots. <laughs> sure. I don't know what was going on. Here's, but. here's where I want to go with this one. Yeah. Like, okay. how do you feel if you're Imagine Dragons right now? You know, you get to perform halftime show, and all anybody wants to talk about is the outfit of your cameo appearance. Like, it was Imagine Dragons that had top billing. No one's talking True. about them today. Yeah. So, but. to me, the lesson learned is don't bring on, like, a little featuring or cameo act that's going to steal the show. And the irony is that their lead singer, and I don't know about the rest of the guys, the lead singer is Mormon, so he's living a clean life. And that's the guy he brings out with him. So, I mean, I don't know that it was a match made in heaven. He had his own thing going on with his ankle, his capri pants, and I couldn't tell if he was going no socks or, or white socks. It wasn't my favorite look either, but it, it beat Lil Wayne's by a mile. Look, you got to take some chances if you're going to be fashionable. I'm just saying let's not take ten chances with one outfit, Wayne. You know, the coat was a risk. Let's just go with that. You know I mean? <laughs> Only one at a time. You don't want to shoot the moon for that's right for for the coat and the hat and the yeah. and the uh, the glitter, shall we say? Yeah. So, All right, we're nine minutes also, in, and we have fashion and kicking experts so far. I'm also I'm also trying to I'm trying to reason with a guy that has a tattoo in the middle of his forehead. So I I understand that this is probably not going to happen. I don't think I'm going to push Lil Wayne over to my side. So uh, anyway, so there you go. Um, so the game last night, yeah. 
Um, totally surprising, obviously. It got off to a crazy start where these teams are going back. But I'm interested in this game. I know we normally talk in pro football, and we will in a moment. But I'm interested in this game because there are so many professional NFL prospects yeah. on the field. Uh, last night, the Clemson defensive line, I would argue, especially after last night's performance, is conceivably the greatest defensive line in college history. It's up there hmm. production-wise as being one of the greatest ever. You're going to have a minimum, and one of them wasn't even playing last night. You're going to have a minimum of three right. of them picked in the first round. You got Lawrence, and that's without Burrow, Lawrence even there, Wilkins. yeah, right? That's right. Um, so uh, impressive. They were going up and down the field. I was My wife was even watching with me at one point, and she mm-hmm. could care less about college football. Um, I should care less about football generally, but you know it's part of the family business. So what are you going to do? Right. Uh, so she, was, I was even saying this is crazy. Nobody can get a stop, and then it, it I, it ultimately slowed down. The game was sixteen thirteen. Um, the first quarter, Bama in the second. It, yeah, it, yeah. It was sixteen thirteen early second quarter, and Bama never scores again. Thirty one nothing run to end the game. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It was, you know, and I, I even, you know, saw some of the, the, the lead up to this, you know, some of the pregame stuff. One of the things I thought was interesting to your previous point there, Blue, it is that the, Todd McShay was on and he said something like what's so amazing first about Alabama is that they've had 22 first round picks or dra- not, not first round, but uh, picks in the last two years and how they reload, you know, and we'll have another like 11 or 12 picks this year. And then he said that on the field uh, in this game between Alabama and Clemson, he McShay had something like 24 uh, picks that he had grades on, and he ha- he said seven of the top 25 on his big board were in that game. And he also yeah. said they believe in his current projections, and obviously we're going far out. He said the next three number one overall picks maybe were playing last night, Quentin Williams this year with Alabama, Tua, and then, of course, you know, the kid uh, at Clemson Lawrence as well, um, yeah. the quarterback there. So Trevor it could Lawrence, be the number yeah. Trevor Lawrence. It could be the number one pick for the next three years in that game last night. Yeah, I mean Trevor Lawrence is only a true freshman, so a we're going to have to yeah. two, two more years. Tua exactly uh, has Tua to play next, next year. year. That's right. right. So and then Quentin uh, Williams this year was what McShay said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, it's entirely possible because of who is picking number one overall, uh, right. Arizona. Uh, I, I still think Nick Bosa is the guy that's going to get picked there, but I can see Arizona trading back, and if somebody you know, might want yep. the defensive lineman earlier, then I could see it happening. There's a lot of movement that's yeah. still going to happen between Quinn and Williams, Ed Oliver, you got Greedy mm-hmm. Williams uh, from LSU, a lot of guys Bosa. out there. And, yeah. and there could be somebody that comes in over the top wanting that's right. uh, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins, who declared for the draft. Yeah. Uh, this week, so the way I view uh, it, there's no quarterback needy teams until the Giants at six and Jacksonville at seven. But don't get it twisted; somebody can just trade up to try and leapfrog them and get Dwayne Haskins. I'm hoping, really, to be quite honest, that's uh, my Jets at number three entertain all offers for that kind of scenario, and uh, you know, trade down maybe to grab multiple offensive linemen. It certainly worked well for the Colts this year. Yeah, I think Arizona and the Jets are prime candidates to trade back. Now, with somebody that could be a special pass rusher like Bosa, uh, he could be highly coveted, but maybe that increases the offer of the value that they get. Uh, the Niners are a team that, top to bottom roster-wise, I feel like the Niners are actually maybe a little closer than somebody like the Jets are, so I can I see them holding Pat. 
and grabbing a difference maker like Greedy Williams or one of the defensive linemen uh, in order to bolster the team. San Francisco don't the Niners have like three first round picks on the D line already yes. though? They, uh, that's what I was about to say. They have okay. gone defensive line heavy uh, with Eric Armstead and a couple of others that are Solomon right Thomas. Now. Yeah, that's right. So they've gone very defensive line heavy in the draft. Armstead, in I think. Years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, in that sense, I thought the game was really interesting last night. Saban had it put on him in a way that he hasn't yeah. had it put on him since he's been at Alabama. Uh, so kudos to Clemson. I did not expect that at all. I did pick them with the points. I can't, in good conscience, uh, put money down on Alabama. I just right. have a hard time rooting for them. Plus, them right you right. and I are both ACC guys, so I'm going to root for Clemson every time. I just did sure. not expect that. I thought this season was going to be a walkover for Bama at one point, and then Georgia changed my mind. And when Georgia kept uh, it tight, and, and right. Clemson has had been so good, uh, I thought Clemson would give him a real ball game. Plus, they're not scared of him. They'd beaten him before. Yeah, I, I, I thought Alabama would win a close game just because I have never seen Tua fail, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. that's what I was going to – I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be something higher scoring and close, but that ultimately, like it always happens, Alabama would find a way. I'm sort of happy to see Nick Saban get knocked off the top because right now you got to think about it. In the last – like those Clemson seniors have just as good of a resume as those Alabama se- seniors. I just saw the stat this morning. Both teams 55 in the last and four. That's right, fifty-five and four, and two and two against one another. So you can do the math: fifty-three and two against everybody else. So uh, really impressive, and I thought that was, um, you know, certainly a fun game to watch in the first half. I, I think the weird halftime show was indicative of the weird <laughs> second half to come. So uh, you know, big news around the world in the NFL. We'll kick it off with just talking about. Matt LaFleur being hired by the Green Bay Packers. I know these guys and Roto experts in the morning went over the coaching stuff a lot. We'll do a little bit of it here. But since one um, one horse is already back in the barn, Matt LaFleur leaves the Titans after just joining them this past year. One year as offensive coordinator. One could argue that they didn't do a great job offensively yeah. this year. And then he's off to be head coach. He comes from the Rams as QB coach under Todd, under God. Uh, McVay. Sean McVay. I almost said Todd because you're talking about McShay. Uh, Sean McVay. <laughs> um, so he was quarterback's coach there. Moves over the to Shanahan Tennessee, be the offensive too, right? coordinator. Yeah, and now immediately. Yep, and now immediately up to uh, head coach there. I think they have a guy that has worked very closely with quarterbacks, so that was an important part of this relationship and how that was going to get consummated. He has worked with Matt Schaub, Donovan McNabb, Robert Griffin, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, and Marcus Mariota. So he's touched a lot of big-time quarterbacks in this league. And I know you're worried about this being the end of the road for Rodgers, but seeing the manner in which careers are being extended now by certain quarterbacks, despite his injury history, I think you're going to look at five getting five years out of Aaron Rodgers. He just turned 35 a few weeks ago, so uh, I can think. I think you look at this as a five-year plan with Rodgers, and then Lafleur will be there for the entirety of it. Yeah, I mean, I just I. You're right, okay? And don't get me wrong. Having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback is a great thing, you know? But let, let, let's even go with that, Blue. Let's say Aaron Rodgers has five years left in his career. you yeah. got to figure the last two are not going to be the best. You know what I mean? And then what do you have in that scenario? Why, okay, though? You have, 
Why? Why because are you assuming there's a that? fall off? Like this year, Brady. There's a fall off. Like there's a fall off. There's been a fall off with Big Ben. We've seen a fall off with Eli. Like the last, you know, these quarterbacks, especially ones who are, you know, maybe ticketed to Canton, they're gonna stick around for a year or two when their play does fall off, and then that new kind of head coach who's only two or three years in, that's gonna be the guy that has to manage it. I mean, maybe I'm just burned. Like you know, blew it. I'm a I'm a Yankees fan, right? And like there were times with. Derek Jeter should not have been out there. You know, when you have a kind of generational talent at the very end, like look at what the Giants are going through with Eli right now. And don't get, you know, McAdoo didn't handle that great last year. But like, you know, it was it was a thing that a new head coach maybe doesn't really want to have to deal with in year two or three of them trying to establish themselves. Uh, I get some of the things you're saying, but I can't concur on the fall off of some of these players. Uh, Roethlisberger, uh, what the hell do you want the guy to do? <laughs> he led the league in attempts, completions, yards, uh, interceptions. Okay, great. Eli Manning. 34 touchdowns. Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli. I'm not saying that all of these guys are playing at a top level until they're 40, but Ben is a banged up 37, uh, going to okay. be 37 next month, and he played really well this year. I know there's a bunch of picks, but he, he yeah. threw the ball 675 times. You have Breeze, who broke the completion percentage record in a single season. He's 40. Brady's 41, and that's a, maybe a fall off for Brady, but he was still really good. I just think that because they're protecting quarterbacks so much now, yeah. you're going to get some time out of Aaron Rodgers. I'm more worried about Aaron Rodgers being a pain to deal with than I am his physical There's status. There's that too. <laughs> There's yeah. that too. I mean, how long? But, how long? Honestly, how long do you think Aaron Rodgers' prime still has? I w- I could argue well, that there was some regression this year. There was regression this year, but it was in the middle of a season where the head coach got fired. So yeah, he was not good this year. He was t- like 25th in completion percentage. I'd have to check the finals, but right. he was hovering around there for a lot of the year. I think they're doing this to correct him and get Aaron Rodgers back to a discussion where by next year we're like, yeah, he still is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league or the best quarterback in the league. So we'll continue this discussion, some of the other coaching openings, and the games, obviously, for this week on FST. It's Mike and Dane. We're off to a rip-roaring start on this Tuesday. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions. Which, speaking of which, actually, and the damage in Verizon, I just dropped a Verizon phone in a toilet. And it still works. Seems to. Like it wasn't submerged in no, water. Like it, 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 it just may. Yeah. It sort of leaned over, reached yep. over, and my phone fell out of my pocket. Thank God it didn't. And go I to- sort of saw it. And I was like, no. So it sort of splashed, and I got it on the scoop. It was like, and I was like, you know what I mean? Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. They need your help to survive. Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, 
we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. We're back on FST. Thanks for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app on TuneIn Radio and on iHeartRadio. We appreciate it. And the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. So check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, and then PGA pro tip, subscriber chat, and more. Go to dailyroto.com, click on Go Premium. Choose golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. GOLF19. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium. Click on golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. I have not played DFS golf, but I think I'm going to start. I'm going to give it a shot this year. Oh, Colin Drew over on Daily Roto um, really mm-hmm. hooks it up. Yeah, we used to talk yeah, to him yeah. every week, and he yeah, used yeah. to really uh, hook it up. I got my first par of all time on a par four hole uh, over vacation you, last buddy. week. Yeah. Nice. Legitimate That's par. How did it, how did it happen? Uh, drove into stroke by stroke. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I drove it actually into the fairway, so that's like good for me, right? Yeah. Then my and this hole was about I would say like low three hundreds, let's say as par four. Um, my second shot, I left it uh, short. I was like kind of right on what's before after the fringe, you know, like one cut away from the fringe, you know. Yeah. And uh, the worst part of my game right now is like the chip stuff is from it's close. Tough. I really so, but I was lucky work on enough. That touch. Yeah, that 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 is what I'm going to be working on in 2019. But as a true uh, as a true like oh snap, I got a chance for par here. My third shot, I literally putted. I putted from like the edge of the fairway and the fringe, and I got it pretty close. And then I sunk like a ten footer for par. Well, ten footer is big though. Yeah, it was a ten footer. Had a little break to it. Uh, enough where I could read the curve and I fist pumped like crazy. It was yeah. great. Yeah, you did. it was great. Yeah, tight. Tiger Woods, uh, jealous of your up, Big yeah, things. get your your up and in. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, all right. So the games this weekend. Um, sure. You know we uh, have to break down what happened over the weekend. Uh, I think I went four and zero. You went three and one. So we're off to a good start. Um, now Colts at Chiefs. Yep. I feel like this is the one where too many people are jumping on the Colts. I'm starting to get worried about that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I do know what you mean. How people start to say, oh, you know, Colts have a real shot here, and I like the way they're playing, and they're one yeah. ten of 11. Like, I get it, but yeah, yeah the, the Chiefs are no slouch. Here's, here's the thing. I, I am one of those people. 
who is like, oh man, the Colts are really live. But I feel like I was I was one of the early people saying that. So it kind of makes me feel bad now that other people are on it. But I really do think the Colts are live. I think this Andrew Luck, Frank Wright combination is making it happen. I think what we saw out of Marlon Mack in the last couple of weeks is going to be very big against the Kansas City Chiefs defense that cannot stop the run. Mike, I have Marlon Mack in my DFS lineup already this week. And then don't get it twisted. The Colts defense is better than people think. They get pressure. Um, really and yeah. and I, I honestly think that the loss of Kareem Hunt is going to make a difference in this one. I like it to stay close. I like the five points. I don't know if I'm going to have the stones to pick the Colts outright, though. Yeah. I also like the points. I hate the fact that it's at five right now. It's that right, the dead number, number. That worries me. I'd like it to be up to six and then sure. I'd unhammer the Colts like I did with the Eagles uh, and the Bears. Uh, Colts definitely have a puncher's chance. I do like the fact that they can run the ball, keep maybe Mahomes at bay. The interesting thing on that, though, is that Mahomes uh, is so explosive, he doesn't really need to win the time of possession right. necessarily. The offense in general is Two so plays, 73 yards. Yeah, they don't really need to. Like, okay, you guys won time possession. We put up yeah. 35 points. Uh, the 57 number... Uh, you know, we're getting back into real totals again. We 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 survived a week and just staying in the 40s, and now mm-hmm. we're up to 57 in this one. Uh, I don't see a way that this one stays low scoring. So, I, you know, there's no way. I know you're the anti-under, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to find it very hard to find a way. Like 30 to 30 to 27. I could see that being the final. I guess that's what Vegas is Vegas is yeah. telling you right now that they like you know like a a 31-26 kind of game. That's, yeah. that's what they're telling you. Uh, so I, I could see that, but I, I still think it pushes up higher than that, barring a crazy weather situation on uh, Saturday. So uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think this is definitely a scenario where Andy Reid is going to have to be at his best. You know he's going to come that- out May not be with his 20 plays Uh and they're going to try and get off to a good start. You just get concerned about Andy Reid late. Exactly. He's a great, great coach. I think he's underrated in some respects. I think NFL circles have a ton of respect for him Mm -hmm. and he's a great coach. But there are very many instances of him mismanaging games late, either by the clock or the manner in which he called games and he blew games. The most recent one is a year ago. It just happened. Right, right. And I think that is my concern. Andy Reid also, to your point about how he's a great planner, but maybe not a great in-game coach, there's some stat, and this week would qualify, where Andy Reid is something like 18-1 and after a bye. You know, something like that. So when he has that yeah. extra week to prepare, his teams do really well, and this would satisfy that, right? He had a bye last week. But I agree with you. I think there's going to be something weird where they mismanage the clock at the end of the first half, decide to go for it on fourth and down when, fourth down when they really should have just, like, taken the three or and it comes back to bite them. I think something like that is very kind of in play with this game. The only other thing I'll say, and I think I briefly mentioned it to you um, on the show Friday that we did do together. I want to keep an eye on all of the first-time playoff quarterbacks, right, And, and see if the lights get too bright for them. This weekend, Mike, Deshaun Watson, 23.4 QBR. 
didn't look good, missed some throws. Lamar Jackson, 9.5 QBR, fumbled like, you know, 27 times, right? And Trubisky, only a 49 QBR as well. I know he threw for 300 yards and stuff, but I wonder if the same kind of first time in the playoffs, bright lights, uh, makes Patty Mahomes have not his A game. And because if he brings his B game, I think Andrew Luck and the Colts can make it happen. Hell yeah, if he brings his B game. It's got to be an A game kind of thing. Uh, you know, right now, first and none of, all, of the first-year quarterbacks have done that so far. First of all, right now, I'm taking Andrew Luck over Pat Mahomes in right. this game. Like, I, I just think he's a right. better QB overall. I know people are enamored with Pat Mahomes, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand and be like, you know, I was a little, I was fading him a little bit. I had him in only on one of my teams. I wasn't all in on the Chiefs. I thought there could be something there, but I was worried. Big 12 quarterback and all that kind of stuff. I think it became obvious with the success of Baker and, and Mahomes right. that the, the, big, the lack of success of the Big 12 quarterbacks has come to an end with the onset of the changing rules in the NFL. Right. And the, the Big schemes, 12 has come to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and the schemes that are being used by NFL teams. I think uh, uh, all that together... You mix it up in one big pot, and I think these guys are fine now. I, I've sort of dropped that narrative uh, personally. So, uh, but in general, I, Andrew Luck is just playing his tail off, and he's had playoff success. So I do trust him over Pat Mahomes. Do I trust Frank Reich completely over Andy Reid? I think I can make an argument for Frank Reich yeah. over Andy Reid, as good as Andy Reid is. Uh, Frank Reich has shown that he's got this team playing, ten, winning 10 of 11 games. They were 1-5. Yeah. They're in yeah. the divisional playoffs right now, and they murdered the Texans. So, um, And they beat the Texans twice. They beat good teams right. on this run. So uh, I'll just say that they have more than a puncher's chance. I think that the Chiefs need to be careful when it comes to this. The fact that they don't stop the run – is scary to me. Uh, That's right. They don't do a good job of it. Now, they did generate 52 sacks uh, against a team that doesn't allow any sacks. So uh, I don't know how to pick that one. Do they put some pressure on? I think a part of the stat that it could be misleading for the Chiefs is that they played with a lot of big leads, and they could pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. It's unlikely that that will happen this week. I agree with you. Um, I think the Colts' defense is the better defense. I, um, you know, we. I love Patty Mahomes and all, but I have more confidence and faith in this specific context and situation in Andrew Luck over Patty Mahomes. I think the Colts' run game is better than the Chiefs' run game, and like that goes back to my point here. Since the Chiefs have lost Kareem Hunt. The Chiefs are 3-3 three and three in their last six games, okay? Um, it's a little bit of a different team. I don't know if the, the magic has worn off for Patty Mahomes, if there's just more film. I think not having Kareem Hunt there as their running back, don't get me wrong, Damian Williams has been a nice little spark plug kind of guy, but Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing last year, okay? And he is not there, and it just takes a little bit away, you know, when you and now they're, you know, they got a team that's real hot coming in, I want to pick the Colts. I just don't know if I'm going to. I definitely will if that line gets up to six. Yeah, they lost to the Rams, Chargers, and Seattle. So the good yeah. teams that they played, they lost to. They did beat the, and the Ravens. the Colts are a good team. In, they did beat the Ravens in overtime. And by the way, of that three and three, 
two of the three wins were against the Raiders. So don't be so you know, yeah. Be, it's not they had they did not close the season strong at all. So let's flip over to the next game: uh, Cowboys and Rams. By the way, we're going to keep breaking these down all during the week. We're just taking a really quick sure. look at these uh, Cowboys Rams. I'm going to try to not overthink this one. The only thing I want to be certain of in this game is how healthy Todd Gurley actually is. I don't think he'll be anywhere near 100%, but is it 80, 85? Then I feel a little bit more confident, but I'm going to try to not overthink it. Yes, I think the Cowboys are a tough matchup. It's one of the better Cowboy teams in recent memory. It's even better than that 13-3 and team from a couple of years ago because I think they, they play a better winning brand brand of football football. but uh i'm gonna try to not overthink it i think the rams could be a little bit too much for dallas on the road i agree and in everything you just said the key to me is on the road if this game was in dallas i might consider it differently you saw what dallas did against the saints at home you saw what the bears did against the rams at home however in los angeles with a rested todd Gurley, i think the rams are too much to handle as well yeah, okay. Uh, that one, uh, I don't think we need to talk too much about. We're on the same page. Uh, I'm going to save Chargers patch for last. Uh, let's do Eagles-Saints because that's a hard one for me. Uh, Eagles-Saints, um, I do think this is when it comes to an end. I'll, I'll give the Eagles a chance because I never uh, – I've counted them out as many times as I possibly could, although I did take the points this past weekend. Um, I just think the Saints will be too much for them. I, I, I think – the Saints getting a bye and being in that building is yeah. really helpful. Um, I don't know that it's going to be a blowout. Like, they played earlier this year, 48-7, to they beat them. Carson Wentz was the quarterback at the time. For the record, the Eagles have been 6-1 and since that time. The only game they lost was an overtime game to Dallas since that blowout. So that blowout was rock bottom for them, but may have refocus them in some ways and now here they are coming back to the place where they got annihilated one would assume they'll defend them a little bit better but uh dane i think the buy helps breeze and company and kamara tremendously and i just think they'll get a relatively comfortable win i see them winning this by 10 yeah um mike you and i see this weekend similarly i think both nfc games the team with the buy the home teams uh, go ahead and get their working margins and win relatively comfortably. And I would lay the points, even though they are both more than a touchdown. The AFC games are both where I think it's going to be very, very interesting. The one nugget I will say on this Saint game, Saints game, something to watch, in my opinion at least. Um, go on over to FanDuel, Mikey Blewett. Um, I'm there. Who do, you think, who do you think is the number two wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints? Um, the number two wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints right now would be Ted Ginn. I think it's Ted Ginn Jr. And Ted Ginn Jr. is at the absolute minimum on FanDuel this week. Okay, they have Michael Thomas at 8,400. Then there's not another Saints wideout until Traquan Smith at 53, Kirkwood at 49, Austin Carr at 47, Tommy Lee Lewis at 47, and then all the way down, you got Ted Ginn Jr. chilling at 4,500. I like Ted Ginn Jr. to get behind this Philadelphia Eagles secondary, which is ranked 30th in the NFL. I like big plays out of Ted Ginn on the track on Sunday. I think he's a very interesting DFS tournament play. 
that is interesting. Uh, you could also make the argument that Traquan is the number two, but at the same time, I think there's an interesting flyer there. I, I, I kind of like that call. So uh, we only got a couple of minutes left, so let's get to that fourth game, Chargers-Pats. I think another tough assignment for the Chargers, 1 o'clock East Coast time, 10, 10 a.m., uh, their body clock, the Pats coming off the bye. I've said this a couple of times already. I just think this is setting up for the Patriots uh, yeah. nicely. I think they're either going to get a Chiefs team that can't stop the run when we're when they're doing that effectively, or they'll get a Colts team in their building next week. I think the Pats squeak one out here against the Chargers, but it's the game I feel least confident about. First of all, I'd like to see the Chargers win. Second of all, I think the Chargers on some level – are the most complete team in the AFC. Yeah. I've actually said that in the past. I'm in the Colts, just, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, I, not, no joke. Yeah. But I'm just a little concerned about this spot. I, I spent a lot of time hemming and hawing about the Chargers-Ravens. I ultimately picked the Chargers. Um, and I could do it again this week. I shouldn't be comp- c- picking against the most complete team in the AFC, which is the Chargers. But I think Belichick, Brady, at home, in the playoffs, coming off a bye, I think it's a little too much to ask begrudgingly, I think I might agree with you. Um, as you know, as everybody on this damn network knows, I've been on the Chargers since the beginning of the season. At the, in the preseason, they were my kind of off-the-radar can't team. can't pick against them now, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let so me do it. If I, if I, if I, if, but I agree with you, though, Blewett, that this sets up you know, as a bad spot for them. They had a bad people thought they had a bad matchup in Baltimore. This sets up for them to have to go across country twice again in that one o'clock spot and that team that has to play in Foxborough in the division round. It's it's like the sacrificial lamb pretty much. You know, so I understand that it's a tough spot to go in and beat Tom Brady in division weekend in Foxborough and that you ain't gonna make any money betting against Brady and Belichick. I understand that, right? But I think the Chargers have a good chance to do it as any. They got a quarterback who is not going to be afraid. We know that. And the one thing I've been saying about the Chargers all season long that's starting to come to fruition that a guy like Tom Brady may not be able to handle is Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Those two guys, I think, are rounding into form, getting pressure. And this entire Patriots run, the way to beat them was to make Tom Brady uncomfortable, get him off the spot, get pressure in his face, whether it was the NASCAR lineup or the Giants. The Eagles rotation to do it. I think Ingram and Boza, if they play like they did last week, they got a shot. Yeah. As far as wagers that I see that I like, uh, my the money line bet for me is the Colts plus 180. I think yeah. that's the one you want to uh, take a shot at on the money line. And I think both NFC games, uh, you can tease those together. And what if you parlay the Rams and Saints money line together? I, Kate, this is very interesting yeah, that you said that exact that. bet. I, it, I put in 50, very, you get 30 back. So it's minus 162 to parlay them both. Gabe was talking about this yesterday. I was on uh, Game Time Decisions with him, and he yeah. was doing some pretty intense gambling math, and he suggested not doing that because oh, you're really? not getting enough value uh, hmm. out of it. Uh, so he would tease them down. I would tease them too. It means if you think the Rams and Saints can win, you got it. So we'll be right back. Right. Talk some more football after this. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Were you scammed into signing a timeshare contract? And did you miss the part that said you have to pay for your great idea? Not only for the rest of your life, but when you're not here anymore, you get to pass this turkey onto your family for them to pay for the rest of their lives. Thanks, Dad. Don't burden your family down the road, and don't be stuck with expensive timeshare payments forever. Get out of your bad idea, timeshare contract guaranteed, or pay nothing. Call Resort Release today and learn for free how their timeshare exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract they've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a bbb so if you feel scammed get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now guaranteed call n o w 800-804-7060 800-804-7060 that's 800-804-7060 the morning after. Andrew Luck isn't hitting on chicks in bathroom stalls no, like Ben. No, you know what married. I mean? No. He's a married man. No, like Chief. you Somebody see married Andrew Luck. But in the offseason, like he climbs mountains and he's not in Charlottesville with a team. No, he ain't going to the club oh, and yeah, yeah, dressed yeah. up and Can't he grows the too. beard out and stuff. Yeah, he looks terrible. He sort of looks like a homeless dude at the Port Authority. What <laughs> a horrible looking human being. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Dean and I are back on uh, FST. FST. Sorry, a little little distracted by producer uh, chat, so my fault. So, all right, Dean, we were talking about uh, the games. We're going to try and get Davis Maddock uh, on the phone here. Uh, He's Davis Maddock's going to be writing for us uh, over the course of the next year. Just joined the team. Want to get his take on exactly what we're going to be doing. Um, what he's going to be writing about for Roto Experts Daily Roto. Sure. He's very well known in the fantasy community. So um, we'll have him hopefully on here in a minute. Um, Can I ask you a question when we're working to get yes. him on? Cool. Yes. We were talking about Chargers uh, Pats. And one of the questions I have, you know, the Chargers activated Hunter Henry yesterday, right? And so we know there may be a pitch count, stuff like that. What kind of impact do you think he could have on things like third downs, red zone? Say that one more time. Hunter Henry was activated by the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question is, I don't know how many snaps he's going to play, but what kind of an impact do you think he might be able to have third downs, red zone snaps, things of that nature? All right. So I, you know, when the, when the discussion started last week when he was potentially going to be coming back, um, I, and, and there was snap count talk and pitch count talk. I just, I, I don't know. The good news is we're mostly talking about playoff formats and DFS. So you can just take a flyer on tight ends really anytime you want. Right. But I don't think the impact can be great. Like I don't think 
like maybe he could have the impact that Dallas Goddard had in the Philly game, which was pretty big. He had a big first down at one point. He had a touchdown. I think that's the type of game you'd be hoping for. But any kind of like six, seven catch game, I think is asking a lot, especially just coming off that injury when they do have another, albeit aging, option at tight end. I just don't see how big of an impact he can have. Can you really see him out there playing 50 snaps coming off this injury? No, I cannot see that. But to your point, all season long, at the tight end position, if you just find the guy that gets into the end zone, you've got yourself a tight end one for the week. And in this week where the only, you know, where you got Kelsey, Ertz, Ebron, Gronk, if you wanted to go contrarian, I think he's just as good of an option as anybody who's not named one of those. Like, I think he's just as good of an option to get in the end zone as Dallas Goddard or Blake Jarwin. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I could see that. Like you know, we're we're we were spending a lot of time on Sunday, Scott and Jim and I talking about, well, what kind of value can Trey Burton have? And Scott and I were just, um, Scott and I were just like, yeah, I'm out on Trey Burton. We just wanted to. I just wanted to. In my DFS lineups, I really went for Ebron and Ertz. I just wanted more of a sure bet in some of those tournaments as opposed to. Um, me taking a flyer on a Dallas Goddard, which actually would have worked out, or somebody like Trey Burton, who yeah. you just never know from week to week. So um, so uh, that's the deal. Well, I'll let you know again if we get Davis uh, in here. It might only be uh, for a few minutes. But uh, beyond that, uh, Dane, I mean, we're starting to talk, starting to look at DFS options here. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to play a full weekend slate. I know I did last weekend. Yeah, I'm playing I picked four Andrew- games. I, I picked Andrew Luck last weekend. I don't know who's your who's the guy that you're going to go after at QB this week. Or are you going to take some shots on different QBs with multiple lineups? Sure, uh, I'm, I'm I'm building a lineup right now, and uh, Andrew Luck is in fact my uh, DFS quarterback. I'm going to attack the Chiefs. I'm listen. I you know over this week, I'm going to convince myself that I want to pick the Colts. You know, I really do. I really do like where they're going right now, and I think that this Chiefs defense is going to give it up. So Andrew Luck is my quarterback, and I was surprised to see that he is the third most expensive behind Mahomes, behind Breeze. So I'll take Andrew Luck at eighty four hundred right now. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, I I think I think since I picked Luck last weekend, then it was it wasn't a windfall. It was okay, but yeah, yeah, he had eighteen points. Right. Uh, Only the two touchdowns, and I think there'll be more this this Saturday. What's the price difference between him and Breeze right now? Luck is 300 cheaper right now. Breeze is at 87. Luck is at 84. I just think, listen, this guy had a streak, remember, of throwing, what, like three or four-plus touchdowns in a game, like for two months, and I think he's going to get back to that. I think think Luck will throw three-plus touchdowns on uh, Saturday. Uh, I like it because since we're talking about the – uh, the total being, you know, pushing up near 60. I think right. those are the guys that people are going to jump on from a contrarian play. Like, I'm not going, you're not dropping down to Dak. He's not going to have any type of good projections. Uh, Goff would probably be a little bit of a pivot if you think the Rams are going to put up some points, but Dallas is limited teams. Yeah. I'm uh, surprised that Rivers is so cheap. Rivers is real yeah. cheap. That's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and Rivers had poor projections uh last week as well so you get that uh, rushing yards bonus too yeah buddy <laughs> Philip Rivers. That, was, that was awesome his teammates <laughs> his teammates were so into it <laughs> yeah. they were just so into him doing that uh it, it was amazing. first down uh, yeah yeah exactly 
you don't see a guy like that. I mean, he's got he's got nine kids, his ninth kid on the way, and he's still uh, talking smack. I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm bringing it up right now too. There we go. So at QB, uh, yeah, look at that. Pretty amazing. Uh, with with Phil Rivers in there, I I, I don't know. Uh, I I just I I wouldn't be using him. He wouldn't be the guy I would go after. Um, Luck is the guy that's pretty interesting to me right now, but I feel yep. like he might be a little chalky just because you get a five hundred dollar discount off Mahomes in uh, you know in paying paying up for that game right. with the high total. So um, anyway, so beyond that. We talked about the games, a little DFS uh, nugget right there. The, you talked about the coaching openings. We know Matt LaFleur is in the bag right now. I know you rank the openings right now. You have the Jets as the – you have Cleveland as the number one opening, right? I do. I have Cleveland number one and the Jets number two. I had Green Bay number three before that hire happened. For me, the, the Browns, you know, you got Baker, check. And, and I was talking with Scotty, the four criteria – you know, the four things that I consider in no particular order. One is the quarterback. Two is kind of like the front office and their stability, <laughs> you know. Um, three is the non-quarterback talent or assets you have, and that's like the rest of the roster plus your cap space plus your draft picks, you know, the, the how to build the cupboard, shall we say, and shop for the groceries, as Parcel once said. And fourth yeah. to me is the division you play in. Like, for example, the Arizona Cardinals job – that's tough. You got the Rams there for a while. You got the 49ers ascending. You got the Seahawks, who are always kind of a blue chip franchise as long as Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are there. That's tough to me. Whereas the GM you know, also, the GM got banged for a DUI last year, got suspended. I'm actually surprised oh, yeah. that Steve, Steve Kime isn't on the hot seat more. I know they got a quarterback there, but they've run through two coaches in the last 12 months. Yeah. And the fact that Wilkes was there, there for a year, you can't want you can't want to have that opportunity where you see the organization will turn from you in a year. You know, like what yeah. was he supposed to do in that one year really? You know what I mean? So that wouldn't be the best job for me for a number of reasons. I can um, see Adam Gase landing there though. Hmm, that could be interesting. Um, you know, so to me, the Jets and the Browns are above the Packers. Then I think, like, you got the Broncos kind of in the middle. And then I consider all these other teams less desirable. Um, Arizona, Tampa, Cincy, and Miami. Yeah, Cincy's a tough one. I think Cincy's a really tough one. You're stuck in that purgatory with Andy Dalton. You know, he, yeah. Mixon is really the only long-term asset you have. And you're in a yeah. division where the Browns are Two on the come. franchises. It's, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and so yeah, I think I mean, that is yeah, a problem. Right. Yeah, they're the worst team in the division, certainly. Um, and you're going to have to fight through some pretty tough organizations, even even if you're looking at the Lamar Jackson transition. Lamar Jackson could be really good, and yeah, you got Baker, still. who's obviously really good, and then yep. you got Ben there for at least a Another couple th- more years. Two, three years and yeah. be wor- they might be working on an extension for Ben, too, to smooth the money out a little bit. So To me, um, Cincy is the second worst opportunity. I would rank only Miami as worse. Uh, for similar reasons, though. Tannehill, you're kind of stuck. You're faced yep. with an uphill battle in the division. and uh, uh, I'm, just, I'm just down on Miami overall. Although, yeah. state tax is better down there. Yeah, that's right. No, no state income tax. So you got that going for you, and it's uh, you're in Miami. So who's complaining? Uh, no fan base to bust your chops. Nobody cares about it. So nobody cares about the team. So you can just yeah, I can kind of do what you want to do. Um, uh, Arizona, man, I, I I just don't know. I don't know which direction they're pointing in. 
Tampa has a bunch of talent on defense, but they haven't done anything in years. Um, I always feel like Denver is a good franchise to work with, but right. there's some transition there. There's you got the Keenum noose around your neck there too, yeah, and Elway's not the best as a GM to answer to. Yeah, and that's right. And there's infighting with the ownership group, which is super yeah. complicated, which we don't have time to get into for 30 seconds. The daughters of Pat Bolin are fighting the trust that was set up in order to run the team, and it's very complicated. We'll do something like that, maybe uh, another show, uh, get okay. into ownership stuff, because I, I dive into that kind of stuff a lot, salary right. caps and ownership and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, we started off with Lil Wayne, and we close on uh, Pat Bolin's trust. It's been, a, it's been an interesting Wide hour. range. Let's well, playoff season. We're talking about whatever we want. We're going to come back on Thursday. Dane will be here tomorrow with Scott Angle. Thanks for listening to FST this morning. We're out. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good day.